camp at the abandoned outpost on the other side of the mountain. Last remnants of the war, willing to take whatever they want. Heads, Mavar, Tigar. Welcome to a rogue run into wandering episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. If you are a new listener and this is your first time at MandoVision, thank you so much for being here and checking out the show. We hope you have a really, really, really good time. And if you are one of the dedicated, loyal listeners of the show, again, I extend my welcome backs and thanks for being here once again. I'm so excited to be back. This is the first episode I'm recording post-vacation. Uh, and yes, thank you for asking. It went very, very well. It was uh, an extremely uh, fun and exciting trip. Got to see and do lots of interesting things. Uh, I don't know how much details you want. I don't know I don't know if the listeners of this podcast enjoy it when I kind of diverge into uh, personal tales. So I don't know how much to share or, or, or not to share with everybody listening. Um, if you are interested in my vacation, if you are on Instagram, you can go to the TomCast podcast feed. I have plenty of pictures that I shared on that feed. Um, but I'll keep it. I'll keep a long story short. I went to Greece for two weeks. Uh, I am I am a, a, a enthusiast of, of ancient Greece and uh, you know seen all the ancient sites and, and the sort of dawn of civilization, if you will. So I had a great time doing that, checking that out, seeing some sites. We did some beaches too, you know, that resort kind of lifestyle. But, you know, it was all, for me, it was all about seeing the old stuff. The older, the better. But we're back now. I hope uh, I hope it wasn't too disappointing to have to skip a show on Monday this past week. Uh, as I was getting back into town, there was a lot of things going on. Uh, it, was, it kind of reached a convergence point. And I just, I couldn't get the show done because there was too much going on. Uh, getting my life back, <laughs> back in gear. A lot of things happening at our at our, at our residence, uh, worker men, things of that nature, things that had to be handled. So yeah, we had to push the show, but it, it allowed it allow, allowed for uh, me to to change plans here a little bit. We're doing something. I, initially, I wasn't going to do this. Uh, initially, w- w- we were going to come back from the vacation. My plan was to watch Star Wars Visions while while on the flight back, and that's exactly what I did. I got to watch Star Wars Visions, all the episodes, all nine of them, on the flight, and I was excited to come back and do a podcast about my, my thoughts, my, my opinions on, on the whole series as a whole. The whole series as a whole. Well, all right, not the greatest phrasing, but you know what I mean. I was going to review it in, in one lump. Like, here's Star Wars Visions, here's what I think, here are the ones that I liked, what I didn't like, and here are my favorite episodes from it. Um, but I sort of changed the plan on that because I, I decided I didn't think it was fair to each individual chapter to to sort of lump it all together. Um, you know, I've, I've read plenty of reviews of the show as a whole, um, and, and 
you know, they're 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 fun. They're nice reviews. You know, they again they show they they talk about the pros and the cons. They're they're very um, um, even keeled reviews. But we have a unique format here for the podcast. And again, I thought each episode, whether good or bad, uh, deserved its own little episode of the show. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go through it one through nine. Each episode is going to get its 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 little uh, its section of our of our podcast, and we're just going to talk about it. And and again, highs and lows, what you liked, what you didn't like. It's been fun to go back and read the reviews. Uh, you know, everyone, I think everyone knows on this show that I I use the reviews that are listed on IMDb, and we are going to review the first episode, which is the highest rated of the episodes that is on IMDb. I think this one's pulling in like an eight three, eight four, something along those lines. We are, of course, talking about the 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 opening episode, the duel, and and I'm excited to talk about it. This one, uh, this one might be my favorite, but there are some really really great episodes coming up uh, that we'll talk about more, and and even the ones that aren't like amazing, I still kind of liked. I, I you know if you, if you want my review of Star Wars Visions in a nutshell, it's it's a it's it's a win. It's a plus. I liked so much of what I saw. The the we talked about it with the trailer. Like it just looked visually dynamic, and that was very much what this show was. A lot of like fun visual things. You know, trying to shoehorn it into like a larger Star Wars universe is something that a lot of people have gotten annoyed about. They like, trying to make it for it. Oh, it's too different. It's not Star Wars enough, or it. You know, whatever. We'll talk about those things as they come up. Uh, this first episode, the duel, might be the most Star Wars of all the episodes, but uh, uh, only because it it sort of connects to the roots of Star Wars. The you know we talked about Kurosawa in the past, its influence on George Lucas, and and that that is probably one of the strengths of this opening chapter. But we'll get into that in particular, uh, just on the other side of the bumper. But yeah, I like Visions. I think it's a really fun series. I think it's really exciting to get to see some new stuff, some new interpretations of Star Wars by and large. Uh, I have also probably talked about at some point on the show. I, I know it's a controversial hot take. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love Star Wars so much, and it's such a big, vast galaxy that I've always felt like it's it's sometimes... we Sometimes... I don't want to come out like I'm attacking Disney. But sometimes the caretakers of Star Wars, who happen to be Disney, they, they very much focus on the Star Wars that we know. And that is the the rebel era of Star Wars, the rebellion. You know, the rebels versus the Empire, Luke versus Darth. And, and that's sort of, we sort of get stuck in that one specific period of time. And don't get me wrong, it's my favorite period of time in the Star Wars galaxy. But... There's so much. The, the Star Wars galaxy is so big, it's so vast, that to have it pigeonholed held to that one particular, you know, nugget of time, um, it's, 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 I, I think you're doing a little bit of a disservice. We need to expand our scope of the Star Wars universe and what it can and can't be. Mostly what it can be, because it can be a lot of different things. And I think that's the big win with Star Wars Visions, is seeing, seeing Star Wars interpreted through a, a, a very different lens. And I love that. I love that. I love seeing Star Wars in a new way, new takes. Whether you like some of the stuff or whether you didn't, you have to admit it's new. And and sometimes new is good. And sometimes new is uh, difficult for some people. And you have to watch things a few times. I have gotten to watch most of these episodes at least twice, uh, some a third time. And I'm actually hoping to go back soon and watch them 
with the um, I, I don't know if, if virgin, original is the right word, but I would like to actually actually to see them uh, watch them with the uh, Japanese language being spoken. I think something about that in the field of anime is very very interesting to watch it in its natural language, and I'll have the English subtitles on the bottom. Uh, I will say right off the bat, I am not a big anime person. I don't know tons about it. I do not have any information, any insight to offer as far as uh, the styles or, or you know, maybe what it's a reference to in that regards. I, d I don't know. I know a handful of anime things, um, but no nothing that's going to impress anybody <laughs> with with me trying to talk about it in any kind of insightful way. So, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll offer a lot of opinions and my own little uh, take on, on the styles that as I see them. But I cannot connect them to anything else in a broader sense. You know, like we're going to give credit to each of the studios that produced each piece, but I couldn't tell you anything really about them. I haven't uh, gone into their back catalog and, look, and looked at what anime features they have uh, created. So I, I, I don't have any of that information for you. So in, in that regards, it'll be hyper-focused on Star Wars. We're not going to do uh, too many sidetracks into, into what each studio is known for. So we stay focused on the story, which I think is a good thing. And I have probably talked long enough. Let's get into it proper on the other side of this bumper, all right? You know what time it is. You know what to do. I've been wanting to say this for a long time. I'm a little out of practice. And I'm hoping you all can help me out because you know what time it is. You know what to do. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. You don't look like one of the villagers who dares face me. Just a simple wanderer. All right, so our particulars for this episode, The Duel. This is from Kamikaze Doga Studio, directed by Takanobu Mizuno, and written by Mitsuyasu Sakai. I hope I said these wonderful creators' names correctly. Uh, this is, a uh, again, uh, it's just, I, I really like this one. It's a strong way to start the series, and I think... I think everyone's kind of agreed with me on that, especially based off of the uh, reviews that are, that are listed on IMDb right now. Seems to be the favorite of everyone. We have Brian T. as the voice of the Ronin, and uh, Lucy Liu as the bandit leader. And this episode is full of, I think, all kinds of fun little uh, uh, pieces of, of Star Wars um, lore, I guess, if you will. You know, remember, we're, we're not dealing with anything canon. We're not dealing with anything that requires... Um, like a huge sweeping backstory, you know? We, we kind of get plopped... Each one of these, these episodes uh, plop us down in a new world, in a new take, a new spin on the familiar, the familiarity of Star Wars. And I think that's nice, and one of the fun, one of the fun parts is sort of constructing your own little backstory from the, from the bits and pieces you get. It's not essential. It's not required that you have some deeper understanding. You're just there for what they're showing you. And, and this is... This, this again, this episode I think in particular blends so much of what influenced Star Wars with Star Wars material. This is a wonderful uh, a story of a, of a Ronin, a, a masterless samurai, and you know blending that with the Jedi Sith lore. I think that makes it a really fun, easily digestible episode. I believe this one clocks in around fourteen to. 15 maybe 16 minutes, somewhere in, somewhere in that range, 14 to 16 minutes. So again, easily digestible. You watch, you get plopped into this world, and you, you, your mind obviously starts to wonder about things. It reminds me of the way that our, our brains first worked the first time I saw Star Wars back in the early 80s. And you would hear things, and you're like, I don't know what that means, but I'm instantly intrigued, and I want to know more. And you would start kind of processing it. You know, hearing Obi-Wan talk to Luke Skywalker about the Clone Wars, and you're like, what the heck? 
is the Clone Wars, you know, and, and talking about the Republic and the, how the Jedi have been there for a thousand generations. These are things we're not, you know, it, it's it's exposition, but it, it, it fired your imagination, it fired your brain. And I think this does the sort of the same thing. We we meet this masterless, uh, this Ronin, as he's wandering the countryside with his with his astromech droid. With a, I thought I think visually the astromech droid is very fascinating with his little straw hat over his dome. I thought that was really fun. I don't know why I like that so so much. Uh, but again, you're blending that. Oops, there goes my notepad. There goes. <laughs> but you're getting that blending of of the Japanese mythology of the samurai story, Kurosawa's influence, you know, perhaps most heavily felt in this one with Star Wars. It's just, it's such a natural fit. And so we're, we're following this, this, this Ronin. He comes to the village. He's at a tea house being served tea by a Sullustin shopkeeper. Again, a nice little uh, nod to the fact that, yes, we are indeed in the Star Wars galaxy as a Sullustin owns a tea shop and is serving this, this, this Ronin some tea. And uh, he's tending to his astro droid. And he's sort of giving us the, 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 the rundown as the group of raiders uh, pours into town, the 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 wearing wearing the, the the remnants of Imperial stormtrooper armor. It appears to be like a little blend of, of blending of the two eras of stormtrooper armor that we are familiar with. It looks like a little bit of the classic stormtrooper stuff from the original trilogy and uh, from the Resistance era. You know, the the First Order and all that stuff. So that's kind of fun. We find out that they're the remnants after the war, but we don't know a ton about them, about their backstory, where they come from. Uh, but we find out very quickly that they're, it, again, kind of calling on Seven Samurai, a lot of stuff we are familiar with. They come to this town, they are marauders, they are raiding, they're here to take whatever they want. Uh, but this 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 village uh, tends to fight back, and they have their own little uh, force of very familiar Star Wars characters, which I am delighted to talk to you about in just one moment after I pick up my notepad. So the, this local militia, if you will, these guards that the, the village has, has brought on to try and repel these marauders consist of a, a Trandoshan as their captain, as their leader. You know, he speaks really nicely. <laughs> not like we are, you know, not like Bosk. Uh, we also see a Gran, is, is sort of like the heavy infantry sort of person, all armed up, heavy blasters, things like that. We have an RA-7 protocol droid, Hey now, the Death Star droid. Remember, remember the Death Star droid. That was uh, that was kind of an interesting callback. Uh, and and again, the uh, a protocol droid with uh, heavy weaponry. It always amuses me. It always delights. Um, we also have a, a a Tusken Raider as their sniper up in a tower, picking off these these raiders, these marauders. And we have a Doug piloting what appears to be an Imperial probe droid that uh, has uh, katana blades, katana swords in each of its uh, multiple. Uh, limbs, so a crazy mix of, of familiar Star Wars uh, species in the in this group of guards. Uh, I don't know how a lot of people have processed that, how they have felt about it. I, I it, I'm not gonna lie, seeing a Tuscan Raider as a, as a sniper uh, provided a, a certain amount of um, huh, that's an interesting choice. But I you know I sort of dug it. it again, it, it calls back to the original Star Wars stuff. It's kind of fun. Does it make a lot of sense? Probably not. Probably not. You know, we know the Tuscans are not. They, they don't go off-world exploring, necessarily. Uh, there may be some stuff in the old canon. Uh, I think there actually is. But by and large, the Tusken Raiders, they stay on Tatooine. Like that, That's part of like their culture, their religion. They don't leave. They're part of the dunes. They're part of the planet. They don't leave it. So, again, does it make sense? No. No, it doesn't. But that's the fun of Visions, in my opinion. 
again, just my opinion. If you disagree, you know where to find me. Reach out on the on the social media, which I didn't give out earlier, but I'll give them out at the end of the show, so don't worry about that. But yes, I liked seeing that. I thought it was fun. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed this group. But they get they, they do a nice job against the bandits, but this is when the bandit leader, uh, played by Lucy Liu, announces her presence. Uh, we've seen this from the trailer. She has like that sort of uh, 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 lightsaber umbrella, the big twirly thing, breaks that out, uses that to repel the blaster attacks against her. She also uh, stabs that through the Trandosian's chest to, to impale him and, and kill him. She makes short work of many of these... these uh, yeah, I think the only Marauder who made it out alive might have been the uh, the Gran, uh, the heavy heavy blaster droid. I'm not quite sure what happened to the Doug. I think he might have got blown up. <laughs> I tried to watch it a couple different times, and I think I just lost sight of him, honestly. Uh, but yeah, so only one of them, I think, really does anything, especially towards the end. Um, this is when, once the bandit leader arrives, we see it's a Sith, the red lightsabers. This is a common theme throughout the entire Vision series. Red lightsabers, Sith. Like, these are one of the things that are, is, is uh, kind of sacrosanct to to this Vision's things. You'll, you'll notice, as you watch these episodes, I'm sure you notice the same things I noticed. Sort of the, uh, the heavy reliance on on the le- the legendary quality of the lightsabers and the red blades of the Sith in particular. They held true to that, and uh, you got to respect that. I love that. So this is when our Ronin makes his his arrival and uh, sort of challenges the bandit leader, and she thinks he's just some chump, and she's going to slice him in half, call it a day. A uh, pretty cool move on the Ronin's part as he's able to uh, use the Force to sort of hold her blade in place. This is when she realizes, or when she thinks she realizes, that she is in fact dealing with a Jedi Knight. Uh, only to have, I think, all of us rather surprised. Though, again, we saw it in the trailer. Uh, but it, it still was a nice moment. So I, I, I don't want to take it away from... I don't want to take too much away from the moment itself. Because I thought it was a really nice uh, uh, take on things. When the Ronin reveals that he, in fact, also wields a red lightsaber. And this is another moment... Where you wonder, like, who is this character? What is his story? What's going on here as he's engaging in conflict with another Sith? Or do we base a lot of what we know about the Sith in this? In that the Sith are known for, when there's more than one, there's a lot of infighting amongst the Sith. The Sith. But we don't know. So we just go along for the ride in this episode as these two uh, engage in some fun lightsaber battles. They get onto a, a, a log floating down a river. Uh, which is very fun and sort of a callback a little bit to to Mustafar, Obi Wan, and uh, Anakin in their in their fight in the in the lava river. So I, I saw some echoes of that. But uh, in this sense, what I liked about it, I don't know. There's some sort of something peaceful and, and harmonious about this fight on a river, and so that sort of sings to me about the Force and and the Force being a part of life. And here they are surrounded by life, uh, the river, the trees, the forest, the whole thing. Uh, and I thought that was a really sort of, I don't know if beautiful is the right word I want to use, but I thought it was a really interesting setting for this duel. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed that part of it. And again, very much the opposite, uh, very much a, a contrast to Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight, which is very much like surrounded by death and doom and gloom, you know? So uh, again, I love that contrast. I thought that was really, really nice. And it's also at this point when 
you know, we haven't walked through the story necessarily, but as the fight's going on, the Sullison has to repair the Astrodroid of the Ronin that took some damage during the battle with the Sith as, as a blaster came up and kind of got him a little, little uh, singed. So it's funny, I, I like the part with the teapot where the Ronin t instructs the Sullison that he needs the Astrodroid working by the time this pot of tea boils. So it adds a fun little stop um, um, clock element to what's going on, uh, which is pretty... I thought it was pretty interesting because it sort of shows the skill and the confidence that our Ronin has in his abilities to, to handle the Marauders and the Bandit Leader. Uh, and the Marauders strike back they are able to retake control of the village. They dispatch, with, because of the bandit leader, they have dispatched most of the guards at this point. So they're able to round up everyone. And they sort of, the bandit leader sort of wants to use them uh, as hostages against the Ronin, who doesn't seem to have any particular uh, interest in them being captives or not. Uh, he never makes it sound like he is, mm, he never comes out and say it directly, but his actions, I suppose, show us that he is concerned about protecting them whether it's in service of, of eliminating her you know might it might be a, a byproduct of but we're i think we'll get to know more about his story later and we'll talk about that in a minute too uh but this is of course when the teapot begins to boil and the astrodroid comes back online rolls down to the village well actually flies down to the village and unleashes a holy heck against the bandits quickly dispatching them uh because of the the, the ronin very definitely has a little uh, button on his wrist to signal his droid that it's time to time to do some work. So that evens the playing field, focuses our attention back on the duel. Uh, I want to pause right here before we get to the end of the ah, well, you know what? Let's not stop. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. The Ronin gets off goes down the waterfall, she pursues. There's a little temple inside behind a waterfall. And our Ronin uh, dispatches the bandit leader with the lightsaber to the back, sort of tricks her. Uh, thinks that this this temple she sees a lightsaber, goes to it and again, a red lightsaber, by the way. So she thinks it's him, goes to strike. He's behind her. Boom, right through the back. So there's a fun line in there about how um, when they take control of the village, the bandit leader tells him that they don't, you know, they, they are not above um, sort of fighting dirty, using, using the hostages as leverage against the Ronin. And then we see his tactics uh, to dispatch the bandit leader. Has no qualms about running the lightsaber right through her back without her even looking. So clearly he's not above it either, which says a lot about him and maybe where he's coming from. Uh, at the end, the run goes back to the village. They want to praise him as a hero, but he gives him a little peek at his lightsaber. He pulls it out just to hit, so you see that red, that glow. And as, as these people are hailing him a hero, it dawns on them that he is in fact a Sith as well. And they sort of, it sort of puts them on edge, right? The Sith are bad. The Sith are the bad guys. But this guy, who by all accounts is a Sith... Uh, just save them. So it's a bit perplexing to them. They're they're sort of, I think, on guard at this point. Uh, the Ronin uses his lightsaber, removes the kyber crystal from the bandit leader's saber, and we see inside of his cloak he has several other kyber crystals lined up, uh, from assume, presumably from other Sith he has dispatched and collected their kyber crystals from. And it looks like he's going to keep it and put it with his collection. But instead he offers it to the young uh, village chief and says it will ward off evil. And then he leaves the bandit. He leaves the village, heads off to the next next village, next town. He is the Ronin. He is wandering the countryside once again, and um, he never gives his name, which I think is a really nice touch. I don't know if it's just it's just a nice touch. I really really like it, and it makes us wonder more about this character 
who he is, where he's come from, what has happened in his past. He seems like a haunted character. He seemed at one point to be a Sith and uh, has probably done bad things. But now he's, he's wandering the countryside in an attempt to atone, it would appear. Now, we don't know for sure. But we, we are left to wonder, we are left to speculate, and I think that's really, really fun, a really, really exciting story. It, it, again, pays homage to the classic samurai stories of yesterday. Uh, it, it pays homage to Kurosawa. It, it reminded me of Usagi Yojimbo, the Stan Sakai comic book, not Yojimbo the film. Maybe a little bit of that, but I, I love the Samurai Rabbit. I, we haven't talked about that on this podcast, but I love Stan Sakai's Usagi Yojimbo. It's one of my favorite comic books uh, ever. And and through that comic book, I've learned a, a, a decent amount about the samurai culture and, and Japanese mythology, too. So it's a wonderful comic. Please, by all means, check it out. Usagi Yojimbo by Stan Sakai. So this episode has so much stuff that I loved. And I think, by great uh, judging by the reviews online, this does seem to be everybody's favorite episode. And I think for a good reason. Uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about yet that I wanted to... Is, is the style, the animation that's used in this episode. I think it's a really unique way to to bring the story to life. Uh, I like the way it, it's sort of made to look like old found footage film, like like we're watching an old samurai movie. You know, you'd see like the, the occasional like little squiggly line across the screen, like we were, we were watching a, a, an old documentary or an old movie of some kind. I like the sort of, uh, the, you know, the, the washed tones and the only rays of color Mostly come from the lightsaber, and then like little incandescent lights around the village from the blasters. Uh, but it's sort of like this—not black and white, but um, I don't even know if grayscale is the right word for it. But it—it's—it just has this wonderful shading to it. Uh, this, this sort of reflects the world in which this Ronin lives in, and the only colors come from weapon fire from the lightsabers themselves. So I think there's a lot in there, a lot of really neat things. And obviously the people at Disney saw something in this as well, because uh, coming out in, I think it's October 12th, there's going to be a Star Wars Visions Ronin novel coming out from Emma Miko Kandon. And I want to go ahead and read the, the sort of the, uh, the description of the story here, because it, it sort of gives us a little bit more background on uh, the, the world in which uh, the Ronin inhabits. So let me go ahead and read this right here. All right. A mysterious former Sith wanders the galaxy in this stunning Star Wars tale, an original novel inspired by the world of The Duel from the Star Wars Visions animated anthology. All right, now here's the plot description. The Jedi are the most loyal servants of the Empire. That seems, that seems like it might be wrong. I want, to, I want to believe they want to say Republic, but we'll see. Two decades ago, Jedi clans clashed in service to feuding lords. Sickened by this endless cycle, a sect of Jedi rebelled seeking to control their own destiny and claim power in service of no master. They called themselves Sith. The Sith Rebellion failed, succumbing to infighting and betrayal, and once rival lords un unified to create an empire. But even an empire at peace is not free from violence. Far on the edge of the Outer Rim, one former Sith wanders, accompanied only by a faithful droid and the ghost of a less civilized aged. He carries a lightsaber, but claims his lineage to no Jedi clan and pledges allegiance to no lord. Little is known about him, including his name, for he never speaks of his past nor his regrets. His history is as guarded as the red blade of destruction he carries sheathed at his side. As the galaxy's perpetual cycle of violence continues to interrupt his self-imposed exile, and he is forced to duel an enigmatic bandit claiming the title of Sith, it becomes clear that no amount of wandering will ever let him outpace the specters of his former life. So there you go. 
we're going to get to find out some more information about our Ronin character very, very soon, October 12th. It's right around the corner. I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to reading that book. And, uh, yes, if you enjoyed this this um, this this episode of Visions, The Duel, uh, by all means, get this uh, pre-order now. Pick it up from your local bookseller when it comes out on the 12th. Whatever m- mode <laughs> you use to pick up books, uh, October 12th is the date for Star Wars Visions Ronin, a Visions novel. And, and I'm very intrigued by what we saw. I really like this episode. I think it starts off uh, the Visions series, the, Vis- the Visions anthology, really, really strongly. And yeah, a, a, a great start, a great start. I'm really looking forward to talking next time <laughs> about the second episode, which appears to be the most divisive, the most uh, unliked of the episodes, and that is uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. And listen, I have thoughts on Tatooine Rhapsody, but they may not be the thoughts you think they are. So you'll have to tune in and listen to that, because that's coming up next. We're going to go through in order through the shows, just so everyone's uh, prepared. We will be doing Visions in order. We'll get those cranked out, and we'll get back to doing some Clone Wars. That's all coming up soon. I want to thank everyone for coming back and listening to the show. Again, I tried to keep it, I tried to keep episodes coming out while I was on vacation. I stumbled a little bit here at the end uh, by making y'all wait a couple days extra for this episode for the week. But hopefully we're back on track now. I, I'm, I'm hoping things in the residence are taken care of. If not, I will I will send messages. I'll keep I'll post messages on on Twitter uh, if it requires a show being uh, delayed or, or or put out late. So thank you all so much for coming back. New listeners, welcome aboard. Old listeners, welcome back. Uh, thanks for sticking around. I appreciate the support so so very very much. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is on social media. It's at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show MandoVisionTom at gmail Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible, or so inclined, and you're on Apple Podcast, five-star reviews are the best way to help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle. And they're just really, really nice. <laughs> Anyone who takes the time to write a five-star review is just a really, really nice person. So we thank you in advance for doing that. My name is Tom. This is the Men Division Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be back very, very soon with the next installment of Visions. And we'll probably there might be a supplemental episode in the middle somewhere. We'll see what's going on. We'll see what happens. We'll see how the week shakes out. All right, but we're going to get out of here for now. Again, I thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed Visions. I hope you've enjoyed The Duel. And we'll talk more about it in the, in the very, very soon future. Very, very near future, even. Thanks for listening. You know this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>